Welcome to HomeWise, a podcast of Highlands Ministries. Wisdom is essential in building a strong family and home life. Proverbs says that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman tears it down. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Kara Murphy, my wife and the mother of our 10 children, ages 3 to 20. I've been blessed with a wise and godly wife, and over the years I've learned that Christian women appreciate her perspective and need encouragement to rise above the folly of our culture and be home wise. The topic we want to discuss today on this HomeWise podcast is um, is that kids will do what you do rather than what you say. Now, it's funny. <laughs> we, keep, we keep a running list of topics that we pull from as we feel like we're ready to talk on them. and uh, Which is a good time to put a little plug in. If there's something you'd like to hear about, please email either Highlands or us yeah. and let us know because we're always looking for new topics. Yeah, we always want to add to that idea catcher file and, and, and get to it. And we would love for this to be uh, appropriate to the things that you need. Sorry, didn't yeah, mean to interrupt no, that yeah. particular thing. But. Uh, but as we were talking about the topic of kids doing what you do rather than what you say, uh, it was pretty funny, Carrie. Your your thought was, isn't that self-evident? <laughs> and my response was, apparently not. <laughs> you would think, but it is evident that spoken this as, is not self-evident. Spoken as a pastor. who's <laughs> seen a lot. Yeah. So it's not evident. Uh, we, we, we still... We still believe that we can tell our kids one thing and do something else and expect them to do what we've told them to do rather than what we are doing ourselves. Oh, well, if you say it that way. Now, and, and yeah, everybody listening to us needs to understand that we have not arrived. <laughs> we are not speaking from a position of uh, arrival, and this is what it looks like on the other side of the struggle. Right. No. This, this is, is the podcast of the perfectly consistent <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, not. Ongoing challenge. And one we have to remind ourselves of. Yes. So give me some examples. Uh, Well, you the one I love the most uh, is yelling at your kids. I find myself doing this. (laughs) Don't stop yelling. (laughs) My kids always quote the Nanny McPhee, the second one. We're not yelling. You're yelling. Yeah. (laughs) We're not yelling. You're yelling. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that one just reminds me very quickly. Okay. Yeah, uh, you do feel sort of like a hypocrite when you're contributing here. When you do that. And no wonder they yell. Uh, the other is um, speaking in harsh tones or speaking in in a demeaning way to each other or for us as parents to the kids. And then we hear them doing it, that to each other and we think, where did that come from? <laughs> Yeah, it's so unkind. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes, they have a sin nature and they have sins that we have not displayed specifically for them. But uh-huh. most of the time when there's conflict in the home, you can usually trace it back and look at what you've been doing and, and you've been giving that as an example to start with. Yeah, which is one of the things that makes parenting so humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the most sanctifying experience you'll, you, you know, that is, that yeah. is what it's. At its core, sanctification is happening because yeah. you realize you're not all that in a bag of chips like you thought you were. Yeah. Now, anybody, <laughs> anybody who talks a lot, uh, especially people who talk for a living, 
Um, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of, you know, the one day I work Sunday, what do I do? <laughs> I, I preach, uh, lead worship and preach. And, and for anyone who has that, they have that extra accountability on them or that, that extra responsibility of living up to the things they say of not being a hypocrite, really, which is one way to classify what we're talking about. Yeah, there's probably some topics we haven't addressed because we still feel like we don't have a handle on them in our own lives yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. Um, At all. Right. Yeah, we know they're there, and to some extent we're working on them, but to we've some actually we've had no I, success. I'm not thinking of which one specifically, but I remember getting a an email a, a podcast question, and we both looked at each other and said, and when we've got that down, we'll talk about what to do about it. Yeah, we're even, <laughs> even close. Yeah, there's lots of topics we look at and say, nah, we're not ready for that. Right. Or maybe it's a little too close to home. Yeah. 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 So Some that's where the, we are. Yeah, because of what we're dealing with in different arenas of life. Confession time here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is very hard. Uh, and it's constantly before us because we live in community with, with eight other children in our home, eight other people. And, and we being in charge are constantly having to give correction and, and, hey, you know, don't do this, do this, uh, not that way, this way, yeah. give instruction on everything in life. I think it, for me, it's the hardest part has been being sick a lot, um, you know, we're trying to raise children that are productive and hardworking. Oh, yeah. And yet, I can't really be an example of that. Yeah. Because even if I'm working, a lot of it will be uh, mental and, and yeah. you know, whether it's writing or doing stuff like that. It's done sitting down or laying down. They can't see it. They don't see, you know, I would, I, you know, we're trying to encourage our kids to get up and get dressed and get these things done. And yet there are days that that can't be what I do at that point on those few days in the year when you're a hundred percent they totally get it yeah they're believe it, they believe it yeah you sell the package right completely maybe for the whole year <laughs> <laughs> i am a bit of an overachiever it may be boy when's mom going down again <laughs> yeah there's there's a reason i struggle with adrenal fatigue right <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah another one is uh another challenge is financially you tell them all their life um uh, save, save, save. We say, okay, you have, um, you just earned $50 on this job you did or this, this thing, or you have $50. Maybe it was a birthday gift. And our challenge to the kids when they're younger is spend half of it. Or when our boys get old enough to have a car, they say, I want a car. And I say, how much is it going to be? And they say, oh, maybe a thousand dollars. Okay, well, then you need to have $2,000 because that $1,000 car is also going to cost this much in in uh, taxes and title. And then there's insurance and then there's repairs. And uh, gas. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. All the ongoing. And your steady income may not be as steady as you think it is. And yet that's not something that is easy for us to maintain. No. No, and in, years, in the years past, we would fall into uh, credit card, you know, debt. Yeah, in different ago. forms. Yeah. Um, I don't think we are ever real happy with it, but we did it anyways. Not at all. Um, and got, I mean, once we had that conviction, we. Well, we started well, and then, yeah. and then the light, the 
storms of life beat down our, quote, convictions, and we realized that we weren't nearly as convicted as we should be. Yeah. But years ago, we got out of credit card debt, and so we can yeah. tell our kids, don't get into credit card debt. Right. Right. That's an easier one for us right now. Right. Uh, but there are others, like like saving, like I was saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, not spending all your money. Yeah. Um, uh, so financially, that's another area. Um I, you know, it's really just any area of life. Yes. I think we all have, well, any area that we have as a weakness, we tend to want to tell our children what to do so they don't also struggle with that weakness. Sure. But then we're not working on that weakness ourselves. And so they're going to do what we do, not what we say. Yeah. Um, so can, we can say, love your neighbor, be, uh, be hospitable, uh, meet the needs of people in your church. But if we're not doing that, it's wasted breath. They will grow up to not do it as well, yeah. most likely. Well, yeah. I mean, most... God can do anything to change people, but we but it are be because of you. <laughs> ultimately, we are teaching them to do it right. and to be hypocrites about it. Right. And then, and then there's also the if you're not doing it, they don't know how to do it. Sure. So if you're not going to go into credit card debt, what do you do? Um, do you have an emergency fund? Do you? When you get in over your head, do you go to your church and and, or your family. and get counsel on how to spend your money better uh-huh. or how to how to you know? And we see we see people who have come to the church and then they're not willing to take any of the counsel that the deacons give. Or um, so you know, it's some of it is if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, they won't know how to do any differently mm-hmm. unless somehow they get that example somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, that's going to always be, their bend is going to always be what you've demonstrated. Yeah. And hospitality is a great example because I have seen folks who have almost nothing. They have very little space in which to practice hospitality. They have, you know, a crazy difficult life. They have not a lot of money and yet they practice hospitality. And, but what they're doing is they're looking at the way their parents did it. And then they're saying, okay, if mom and dad could do it when they were going through this, Surely we can do this. And they know without having to struggle quite so much with it mm-hmm. on how to do it. So maybe it's a outdoor picnic in the summer. They, they do that. Or maybe it's, you know, that you share a meal together and have somebody bring stuff with you. Or maybe you learn how to make a really good soup that doesn't cost a lot, but that mm-hmm. feeds a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so having that, having that example at home makes it so much easier. Sure, because you practically know how to make it happen. Right, and I remember personally growing up in a very hospitable home, the expectation of hospitality and what it looks like, it was just always there. And yeah. so when we weren't, when we were in times where we weren't practicing hospitality, it felt weird. When we were living in a place where people didn't go over to people's houses and, and wouldn't come even when you asked them, um, that felt odd. It felt strange because... That isn't the way Christians are. Christians get together, even if it's just after worship on Sunday and have a share a meal together. So, you know, for me, the, that practice was not only was it, it was instinctive. It was something I knew how to, I had a half a dozen meals that I knew that would cook while I was at church. You know, mm-hmm. just real practical stuff. And then, of course, it just felt weird if we weren't doing it. So, um, that's, you know, something that, but it's, it's a lot of things. Um, it can be drinking to excess. It can be smoking to excess. It can be... It could be saying, kids, you need to love and respect your mother. 
but you yourself don't love and respect your wife. Absolutely. And we've, we see that, um, not infrequently yeah. where, um, and especially it, it really shows up in those teenage boy years because, you know, they're getting all that surge of testosterone. And like you said, they're, they're, they're trying to go out and take dominion over all the earth. And unfortunately they turn it on their mom. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the most important lessons that they learn in those years is to respect their mother. Because if they do not respect an authority who is physically weaker than them, who is completely different from them, they will never respect any authority the way they really should. Yeah. They will fall into the might makes right, mm -hmm. which means, I mean, you're dooming them to a life of not respecting their elders and not respecting their boss, um, not respecting the customers that they're working for, you know, whatever it is, because, um, because dad has been not, as my mom used to say when my brothers were in that stage, son, I've got 200 pounds standing behind me. <laughs> and um, it's funny to me now because my dad's not a real big guy, but he was still bigger than them at that point. <laughs> but, um, but the point was very clear. When mom spoke, she spoke with all the authority of dad behind her. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure dad would have... He just, he would not accept disrespectful speech. And I know you've, mm -hmm. you've done the same, you know, with me in the sense of, you know, you young man, you may think you're something, but when your a hundred pound mother tells you to go out and do something, you say, yes, ma'am, dear. And you do it the first time without arguing, or you have consequences to that. And she may not be big and strong enough. And you may not be of the age to be spanked anymore, but you will honor and respect her. Yeah, and that's because uh, that, that, that he'll listen to that when he sees that I honor and respect you. Absolutely, that and that's I one way you do it. You. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. I know this seems like it is kind of overly simple and should be self-evident, but it's not. It really is just a matter of being aware of what you believe and then looking at. It's back to that self-assessment, self, -assessment, self uh, being able to be. Um, um, a little bit introspective and able to do some self critique. Yeah. One of the things is that, um, dynamic equivalent comes into play. Mm -hmm. I think of, um, I know men who bury themselves on their computers and then their, their boys play video games all day long. Yeah. And while dad isn't playing video games, he's still sitting in front of a computer screen, you know, not only at work, but at home. And the boys, are doing the same thing, even though they're not doing the same thing with their time. Mm -hmm. And being aware that um, what you do with your time trains your sons of what they should do. Um, you know, so there's some of that dynamic equivalent going on. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of a mom example. Um, I mean, furthering away time online or on Pinterest or... You know, maybe it's you want to teach your children to be content with what they have, and then you spend all your time in Pinterest dreaming up all the ways that your life could be better if you had these things. <laughs> um, you know, where it's where it's not quite so obvious. You know, I don't want you guys to get drunk and then you go get drunk, but <laughs> you know, but but more of the dynamic equivalent thing going on, where an outsider would say, you know, it's the same thing. It's just a grown up thing and a kid thing. Um, and so, so be an example in the grown-up areas of what you want your children to be with their kid areas. Yeah. Now, this is a lot harder, I think, for parents with young children because you just can't see the fruit of what you are doing 
as clearly as you can when the kids are older and they start doing it. They start yeah. being you, another yeah. you, and you say, wow, I don't like the way that looks. And right. you realize, hey, that's me. That's what I'm doing. They're, that apple didn't fall far from the tree at all. It's just a reproduction. Uh, so, yeah, that's a challenge. But it is, it's just, I mean, that's just uh, uh, simple teaching. It's straightforward. It's um, there's, I, there's no tricks to it, really. Yeah, it's, I think you're... Um, you know, we're blind to our own blindness comes into play here. And so I really do think it's also asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you Mm -hmm. these areas and genuinely, you know, in the word, looking at things and asking and, and paying attention to the little things the kids say. Um, and again, living in community and close fellowship with other families and being open to the wisdom of others goes a long way in helping with this too. It does. Because you can't see your inconsistencies as easily as others can. Right, right. Hi, this is Eric from Highlands. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Kara and Steve Murphy as much as I have. The Murphys have long written for our magazine, Every Thought Captive, and I'm thrilled that we're getting to hear even more from them as they seek to apply scripture to their everyday lives. The Murphys are just a part of the community of believers that make up the teaching at Highlands. We are adding new voices all the time as we seek to learn from each other about what God would have us to be and how he would have us to live. You can find this podcast and all our other resources on our website at highlandsministriesonline.org. I value your feedback. You are who we are here for. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please don't hesitate to email me at info at highlandsministriesonline.org or you can call 877-878-2238.